opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Herbie's Cooking Corner for April 12th, 2022. Somebody was trying to scare everybody earlier and make us think, me think at least it was April 15th, but you still got a few days to... uh, Send your taxes in, which, by the way, I do take food tributes. Oh, wait a minute. Um, anyway, so today we are going to make steak, garlic mashed potatoes, and steamed broccoli. And you're probably wondering, how am I going to do all three things in an hour? Pretty easily, actually. We just need the right equipment, and uh, we can do it. So we're going to talk steak. We're going to talk homemade mashed potatoes and all that good stuff. But first, what we are going to do is turn things over to our host today, which is Belinda. And um, she is going to let us know how you can participate. Yes, indeed. So good morning, everyone. If you're joining us, first of all, if you're joining us, this call is being recorded for your safety and security. So you need to tab over to the got it button if you want to participate. Um, If you're joining us on the PC, to raise your hand is Alt-Y, to mute and unmute is Alt-A. On the Mac, to raise your hand is Option-Y, and to mute and unmute is Command-Shift-A. On the smartphone app, you will locate your more button at the bottom right, double tap that, and swipe to the raise hand option and to mute and unmute you will find that mute toggle button at the bottom left corner of your screen and if you're on a landline device with a physical keypad you will star nine to raise your hand and star six to mute and unmute and there you go herbie all right, thank you. So first of all, let's welcome in my assistant, Twinkling Tori. Good uh, afternoon to you there, Tori. Hello. All right, so Tori's going to be cooking along with me, but she's going to have to do some things a little bit differently. So I'm going to be using real steak, real garlic, mashed potatoes. And Tori, why don't you tell everybody what you'll be making? I will be catering for the fact that I'm a vegan and my dad, who's due to arrive just as this call ends, is very garlic sensitive, so can't handle even the smell of garlic. Um, So I will be making tofu steaks and herby mashed potatoes. All right. And by the way, you know, a few weeks ago, I did make Victoria flavored the chocolate sponge cake, but it's not named after Victoria. Just like the potatoes are not named after me. So let's no, no, unfortunately not. Okay. So uh, let's start by talking uh, steak here, guys. So the steak I'm going to be using is my personal favorite, which is the ribeye. I find that has the most flavor and it's really helped by the marbling of the steak however there are some other variants you can get depending on your preference new york strip is also pretty good and um you if you want more healthier you can go with sirloin you could even go with smaller and just some like round steaks and if you want to go more fancy you can do like filet mignon london broiled that type of thing those have some okay flavor, um, but you know, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of those ones. And now there are multiple ways that you can cook steak. If you are not comfortable with flipping, what you may want to do is use the oven and put them in a foil-lined pan and season them. How long you cook them, of course, is going to depend on the thickness of the steak and how well you want your steak. I generally cook mine for about 40 or so minutes. Um, and because I like mine more done, but it really does depend on your preference. So I'm not going to use the oven. I'm actually going to use an indoor grill. So I have a cool gadget over here that I've talked about before, actually. My air fryer slash grill combination. And the grill, I think, makes some really good steaks. So what I'm going to do is... 
go ahead and get the grill plate heated up because that'll start to save some time. And it takes a few minutes to heat up anyway. So while I'm doing that, I'm going to season my steak. Now there are a number of ways that you can get the steak seasoned. I'm going to uh, do what I think really uh, works well for me, where I'm going to cheat and use a pre-made steak seasoning. And um, what I'm going to do though is to season the steak and to not get crud on the grill, I'm going to put them on a separate plate. So I'm going to, uh, you hear the plastic bag that has the uh, steaks in it, and they come in your uh, typical meat type container. You can feel what the steak feels like through the plastic film, and sometimes I try to get like the family pack. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's less work because you only have one tray to deal with, but that's okay. Um, ideally, you could put foil on the plate just to protect it from um, raw meat, but it's going to get washed anyway, so it doesn't matter. And always remember when you have something that has had raw food on it, you do not want to reuse it. You want to immediately put it in the sink for washing or for later use. But, you know, so like, for instance, don't use a cutting board that you had raw chicken on to serve your barbecue chicken or whatever. All right. So now I'm putting these on the plate. I'm going to wash. These are some nice, juicy, thick steaks. And the other thing I do need to mention though with steak is, you know, they can get a little bit pricey, especially in these COVID days. So you may have to, depending on your budget too, or whatever, can depend. Okay. I find that adding just a tiny little bit of butter helps the seasoning stick. So I've, I'm just going to spread a tiny bit on to the steak. I'm just using the spreadable butter. And I find it just helps make it stick a little bit better. You, of course, don't have to do this. You can just go straight for the seasoning. Now, you can, of course, there's many variants on seasonings. You can, for instance, do your own homemade seasoning. One I have used in the past is a mixture of like a little bit of garlic salt. I like seasoned salt and some pepper and um, or you can use garlic powder instead of the garlic salt or just some seasoned salt and some pepper and Tori how do you season your tofu steaks um, well normally if my dad wasn't coming I would be using salt pepper and garlic powder but because my dad is coming I'm substituting garlic powder for onion powder all right. Yes, onion powder is another good one. And um, so that is definitely another good uh, option there, definitely. And you can also use olive oil and also free plug. If you join the All Tech Small Tech Appliances group on Facebook, which is put on by Jeannie, who does the It's Electric Haul, she has a very awesome steak seasoning that, uh, you know, especially works for air fryer steaks on that group that you have to find the recipe. It does date back to last year. I'm not going to give it out for free because uh, that would lose the incentive of joining the group. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's more of like a rub you can use. So that's for steak and air fryer, the air fryer steak and baked potatoes. So there you go. If you, uh, you can join that particular Facebook group or uh, come on the It's Electric call and uh, Jenny can also help you tell you where to go to find the group that way. Um, and I'll look up the name if I have time. So uh, the only thing I will mention with that one is it is a little bit salt heavy though. So, all right, now I've got my steak seasoning. There are a lot of pre-made ones you can buy. I'm going to use the McCormick Montreal steak seasoning. Um, there's also a Chicago brand and quite a number of others. Um, if you are allergic to garlic, a lot of these do use garlic powder. So I will mention that. Um, thankfully, this household does not have that problem. Okay, so it comes in a square bottle. And like most seasonings, it has a film that I'm peeling off. So I took off the lid. I peeled back the plastic film, threw it away. I'm going to put the lid back on because we're just going to sprinkle this. We don't need to dump it. 
And so now I'm hovering over a steak number one. I'm going to sprinkle some. I'm going to flip the steak over. So when I buttered it, I buttered both sides to help the seasoning stick. And that way more of it will come into the, go into the steak instead of just uh, falling off. Um, Belinda, do we have any raised hands so far? Uh, we do not. All right, so I'm just sprinkling this non-steak number two. I'm just trying to get it all the way around so that every bite is going to have the flavoring. And we're going to do that. And the other nice thing when the seasoning sticks is you can... Um, less of it's going to fall off. Another steak seasoning you can use, I've done this with ribeye, I've also seen it done with prime rib actually, is uh, olive oil. So you can sprinkle some of that on your steak and bake it or whatever. Okay, I'm going to put the seasoning up. And I'm going to wash my hands again, of course. The, even though we're going to be touching more surfaces, it never hurts to try to kill some of these germs now. And there you go. Unfortunately, you can never be too clean in the kitchen, but that is always a lot harder sometimes than what it seems like, believe me. And, um, okay, so I actually did have my foil out, but that's okay. So now I'm going to take my plate over to the grill. And the ribeye, at least, is kind of like flatter on one side and more curved on the other. So I prefer to lay the flat part on the grill, or if I was using the oven, I'd place the flat, flat part in the pan. I don't know if it really matters, but um, there you go. Okay, they're now on the grill, and can you hear that sizzling? I'm going to stop for just a minute. All right, so yes. I'm going to... Yes, all we right, hear Lucy it. says yes, excellent. <laughs> I hear the saliva pieces gurgling uh, um, over there, guys. That's totally awesome. All right. So now I'm going to check on, set a timer, and we're going to flip these because it's on a grill. Set timer for 25, oh, you're going to be stupid. Set timer for 25 minutes. Folks, I will tell you truthfully. If you ever hear me yelling at anybody, it's not at a person. I don't yell at people. But when it comes to smart assistance and smoke alarms, I will say some things that can make calls not family friendly. So I have to behave myself. Yes, and, and if you tell them that they're that they're annoying and stuff like that, they'll tell you you're, that you're not very nice. At least that's what I've they tell actually, me. Actually, I, I, you know, guys, I shouldn't encourage this. I've actually found if I call Siri stupid, you stupid. Blah, blah, blah. She actually tends to understand me better. So there you go. Um, results may vary. Last time I called her stupid, she told me I wasn't being very nice. So <laughs> I'll say, like, set the timer, timer you stupid, blah, blah, blah. I'll say, it'll be like, set timer for 25 minutes, you stupid, blah, blah, blah. That, that's how you talk to her. You get some of the respect. That's how you get her to <laughs> uh, they, you know guys we're ruining the all things tech call or whatever the tech calls are called um so let's get back to in the kitchen wait a minute is this in the kitchen with courtney no this is herbie's cooking corner um so tori how are you cooking your tofu steaks i am um doing them under the grill in my oven which all I right in they are on a pan in there i've just put them in um, I didn't not need to set a timer with my device because my oven has its own timer, um, which I know roughly where I need to put it. So there you go, fancy yeah. schmancy. I remember ovens like that back in the day. I used to be able to set our oven timer. Okay, now let's talk about the garlic mashed potatoes. So. Um, there are, of course, very different variants on how to make mashed potatoes. This is the way I'm going to do it. And I have a feeling that we're going, I'm going to be eliciting comments here, you know, getting comments from people on the, what you all like to do differently. So if you can hold off on that, um, but if you, have any, if you have any questions right now about what I'm doing, that's great. But I will open the floor for any alternative methods you want to 
bring up for any of the stuff that we are doing today. So, And Harper, you do have a raised hand. All right. Who do we have? Jane. Jane. Hi. Um, I was wondering, where, where do you get um, tofu steaks? I didn't know they... Um, um, you don't get tofu steaks generally. You make them. You get a block of tofu, you <laughs> cut the tofu, and you turn it into steaks. Okay. So I got a block of uh, tofu, put, and I pressed it to get as much of the water out as I could. I actually have a tofu press, so I just put it in there and left it a few hours, and it did the work for me. But you can do it just by pressing down on it uh, firmly with, like, a chopping board or something. Um it's just it's more work that way you have to do effort um anyway and then you just once it's been pressed slice it and turn it into steaks all right so what you're hearing right now is this sorry oh okay guys sorry i do apologize so because i need to keep things moving along here so i am now filling up the pot with water what tori was talking about was how to make tofu steaks so uh you can take your example from the bible press down shake them up and uh, press together that's basically what she does with the tofu blocks uh, block is she'll cut a chunk off press it down on the cutting board and i guess you could use like your hands or a spatula but probably hands would be the easiest to uh press it down into a shape all right. Oh, and the other place where do we get I get my actual steaks from? Um, I didn't really address that. I like the ones from Walmart the best or HEB. I've tried um, the Whole Foods ones um, that I got from Amazon the other day. The one thing I didn't like about those is that I do prefer from like say the reg regular grocery store is like those steaks came in different shapes. So like one was fatter and one was thinner. And so I prefer a little bit more consistency myself. But if you care about, you know, if you're, if it matters to you, if like your beef is grass fed or whatever, that's going to depend on where you get your meat. And I don't have a problem with it, you know, being healthy or anything like that. I just like consistency as it makes cooking a lot easier. So that's been my experience at least. Okay. Um, now let's talk about mashed potatoes. So I've got a pot filled with water. Hopefully it's a big enough pot. I guess we're going to find out. And I'm going to turn on my kitchen fan because I know the smoke alarm is going to go off when I get the water boiling. So I've already gotten out my potatoes. I've washed them thoroughly. I have about six of them. And I've got a paring knife. And what I'm going to do is just cut them into small chunks. You can do whatever size you want but I, I just like little small circles that are going to boil nicely and then they're all going to get mashed together so when you're yeah. boiling those they tend to cook quicker if you do them in smaller pieces yep and so i'm kind of like cutting them into half circles so i've got my potato and um I'm going to cut off the edge first. There we go. Now I'm going to slice that edge in half, just using a paring knife. It's not too sharp, but it cuts nicely into the potato real easy-like. And there you go. And so I chop the potato. I place the circle um, flat on the cutting board so that the inside of the potato is facing up. I chop downwards. Oh, that's right. I did not talk about this for a very good reason. Peeling the potatoes. Quite simply, I don't. Don't believe in it. Never have. Got resentful when they made me do it at the School for the Blind. At first, though, I thought you had to do that for mashed potatoes. But thanks to Applebee's, I learned that you don't because they taste just fine with the skin on them. And the skin is the part that actually has all the nutrients anyway. So... If you, uh, I recommend you don't peel them, no matter how you're using your potatoes. I'm kind of cutting but them in the corners, But if you do want too. to peel them, then do it carefully yep. and watch where your fingers are. Yep, watch where your fingers are. There are actual peelers that you can get. Um, make sure you wash the potato first, because it's going to make the peel a lot easier to come off. And um, you'll feel, be able to feel the difference. But you will definitely save yourself a lot of time 
And maybe it makes them help. I mean, we're still going to, of course, have the starch of the potato. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, so we're just cutting these potatoes up into nice little chunks here. I'm not being too precise. But as you can hear, undoubtedly, I am going really fast. And by the way, uh, Lucy, those steaks are smelling good. So um, you can ask your Alexa how long it takes for you to get from where you're at in Michigan to uh, Houston, Texas. And uh, by airplane, that might be the quickest. I'd rent a Concorde if I were you. So um, I'm almost there. All right. <laughs> She, uh, she she left early just to make sure she makes it in time. She does. You just have the slight problem of not actually knowing my address. and uh, Just follow the smell of the steaks. You, you, you won't be able to, well, we're in Texas. There's a lot of cattle. So um, I was going to say, that that's something you won't be able to ask Cindy for is my uh, home address because I don't even think she has it. So can't, uh, don't email ACB community and ask if you can get my address so you can come over to my house. To, no, um, but Chanel likes Lucy, and I and I bet that Lucy's got a way to contact Chanel. Uh, yes, uh, she probably does. All right. right. <laughs> oh, I I don't have any problems, objections to sharing now. I just need to know that you're coming over so I can make sure you get your steak. That's the only thing. I I, I have no objections to sharing. No. Next time, it's just a good idea to ask ahead of time. Hey, can I drop by for dinner? Um, polite house guests and all that, you know. No, no, she wondered when... she was on her way. Well, okay, yeah, but like yesterday would have been nice to know. I could have gotten one more steak. Um, there was actually, this is a true story. There was a time once that um, my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend now, at the and she wasn't my ex back then, but we actually made a Thanksgiving dinner for a friend, and they decided not to show up after all, so that was kind of disheartening. We had another friend, though, who came over in their place, and chow down instead so uh, there you go i don't know which is worse you make dinner then somebody comes over at the last minute or you make a big dinner and then the person who's supposed to come over doesn't well at All least right. with, at least with the second option you can have the leftovers if it comes to it the next day yes but this was a big thanksgiving turkey dinner i mean like the whole turkey you know mashed potatoes the okay so you can have leftovers the next day and freeze some for days you don't want to cook yes all right, so I've now turned my pot to boiling, and I'm placing the potato chunks in the thing. I assure you, despite the banter, I actually have been working, guys. So, um, all right. So, I like I said, I use six potatoes because I'm making sure that there's enough for us both, and there's plenty of leftover. But you can use, I'd probably use no less than, I don't know, four potatoes. Um, that's just my thought there. Okay, some of these could have been cut into small chunks, but that's okay. I think it'll be fine. Um, so I did clean off my stove burner, but uh, sometimes the, these things aren't good. Okay, now let's talk about the garlic aspect of it. So there are several ways you can do this. I'm going to use real garlic, but you can also use the minced garlic which does affect the texture of the potatoes a little bit because you do taste the uh, little chunks in there. And you can also use garlic powder. I'm going to use a mixture of real garlic and garlic powder. Ooh, so nice. I'm going to find my garlic powder. And garlic powder. That's so art now. I absolutely love garlic potatoes. It's only that my dad's coming and... Yes. You can't have them. Otherwise, I'd be making garlic potatoes right along with you. All right. So I'm just letting her loose into the thing. And now we're going to add some real garlic. But, okay, that finishes up the garlic powder. Well, that's just going to kind of like cook into the thing. I don't really, the powder should dissolve under water. I don't think we really need to stir it. So the garlic though one thing you do need to know with real garlic whenever you're cooking with it it can burn easily so i cook it last so i kind of have the lid at a slanted angle on the pot just so that way some of the steam can escape from the water and now let's talk about garlic so you can actually cheat here because all you need to do is peel the garlic from you know from the bulb we don't need to worry about mincing the garlic 
You can, but the water is going to soften it up to where when you mash it, it's all going to blend together. Now, before I get into the garlic, do we have any raised hands? if I was unmuted. It would. <laughs> Just a little bit. We do. Liz. Liz, yes. Hey, couple of things. Um, when you get, uh, first of all, if you do the potatoes, when you drain it, drain the potato water into something metal, like a bowl. And, and Herbie, I will send you notes about right, stuff. Right, we're getting to that. Water. Yep. Really yeah. cool water. Liz. Any questions on what I've done so can far? Can we stick yeah. um, to recipe questions for the moment and we'll take that after? Got it. Um, how long did you preheat the George Foreman grill? How long did you preheat that, do you think? So I'm actually using an air fry. It's not a George Foreman grill, um, but you can use a George Foreman grill. Just the thing I don't like about those is because the way they cook, the seasoning really kind of sticks onto the steak and it makes for an interesting texture. I'm sorry, um, try that again. I missed that. You don't like the George Foreman grill because when it cooks the seasoned steak, what happens? So the steak, it, the, the, the way the grill is formatted is you have these ridges. And oh. when everything, when everything the, so you kind of get this ridged steak that the seasoning kind of burrows into. Yeah. So um, that's the disadvantage with doing steak on the Foreman grill, in my opinion, at least especially a good one like the ribeye. Sirloin, it's not so bad. Burgers, it's not so bad. But um, if you it in the oven, would you do so, it on broil or what? I you can do it on broil if you're. I've never really played much with the broil setting myself. That's what uh, Tori's doing for her steaks. But you can cook them in the oven for about oh forty to sixty minutes, just in a foil pan. Um, but what I'm using is so I have an air fryer slash grill combination. Right. I forgot the brand off the moment. If my mom is here, she can uh, remind us of what it is. But um, it is what it is is it's an open grill, but it it has an oven door. So, okay. and what I'm going to do is I cook the steaks on it, and then I'm going to flip them about halfway through using a double spatula. Got it. Double spatulas are terrific. I, I recommend yep. people. Foreman grill takes, you know, about two or three minutes to heat All up. Right. So if you're using that for anything. But that's a and, legit comment about the ridges. Yeah, I buy that. I understand that. And I have I have been concerned about doing anything because the the stuff on whatever you've got on the on the meat or the veggies or the marinade tends to fall into the ridges. So it's not yes. as good as it could be. My question for Tori is if you use a broiler, do you, uh, I have a gas stove. Do you leave your oven door open or closed? Always. I always close it. I do not like to leave it open. Good. Neither do I. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm, I'm really, I don't have much experience using broilers. I'm, I'm pretty much vegetarian and we don't broil that much stuff. So, I yeah. only do sometimes with tofu, so. Right. Now, I tended to bake my tofu and bake it at like 425 or 400 or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, sometimes I'll bake it, sometimes I'll boil it, sometimes I'll fry it. Depends right, on what right. Right. Yeah, I got it. Gotcha. Okay, thank you for being patient with me, folks. You're welcome. And um, so right now I'm just taking the peelings off the garlic. It's a little bit to fun work here but at least we're just peeling and i'm putting the peelings in a bowl and then i'm going to dump that bowl into the garbage i'm going to set all the other garlic into a separate bowl and then i'm going to put it into the potato mixture all at once washing the garlic can help loosen the peel and um yes i'll talk more from and grill in a little bit i need to do another maybe i need to do another kitchen appliance call um but first of all do we have any raised hands We did not. All right. So a um, couple of things I do need to talk about. So I was, I found out from the listener after the call and I told them uh, they should have actually mentioned this during the call so everybody can know that they had a uh, vegetarian loaf last week where the uh, loaf base was chickpeas. So there you go. There's another alternative for a vegetarian loaf is uh, chickpeas. And Herbie, um, just as I said, 
No raised hands. You have one, Michael. All right, we have a raised hand. Okay, who do we have? Michael. Hello, Michael. Kirby. All right, are you going to be cooking uh, steaks on your uh, outdoor uh, grill when uh, you make a guest appearance on my cooking show? I, 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 I will, on the spot I will probably like that, do something more creative than steak, but we will see. Uh, All right. Yeah, maybe chicken. I, I did get this fancy thermometer sitting next to me that, it, that uh, I'm excited to use for a little bit, so we'll talk about that again shortly. But, Herbie, Excellent. I have a question for you. Do you salt the water when you boil your potatoes? Because I've heard mixed reviews on if it's necessary or not i do not salt the water and if i want salt my potatoes you know i will just do add it after the fact um one reason i don't salt the water is because like you know chanel is not a as much of a salt uh, person and i've i guess i've never really found it necessary myself uh tori did you have an opinion on this um, I only do it if I want the salt to be involved in the flavoring. Um, I, uh, some of, sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. It don't the only difference it makes is to this, how your stuff is tasting regarding um, saltiness. So if you like the salty flavor, then go ahead and do it. If you don't, then you don't need to bother. Copy that. Thank you to both of you. All right, and we're hoping to get Michael in a future show. He has some good old fancy outdoor equipment to uh, cook with. So, you know, um, I just want to make sure he doesn't forget because, uh, you know, I think it'll be a very good show. And uh, Michael will be, I think you're the, you're, you're running the uh, Jaws Q&A call today, correct? Yes, I am at... I don't even remember. 4 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> yep. 4 p.m. Eastern. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to come there on my Mac. So, uh, anyway. Oh, wait. Yeah, I know. That sounds wrong. Coming on a job call on my Mac. But uh, then I've done some Mac calls on Windows, too. We won't, I can talk tech. But uh, anyway, hope you'll join me for that and learn some good stuff about JAWS for Windows. And um, by the way, if you are on the dark side, that is my recommended screen reader. I mean, sorry, if you're on Windows, that is the screen reader I do recommend. And yeah, it's good though. And uh, I could talk about some things that I think, where I do think it outperforms JAWS in one or two areas, but um, that's a whole other subject. But I will just briefly mention like the remote feature. That's where I think uh, NVDA especially is really good. Anyway, enough on tech, but I'm, when you're standing here peeling garlic, things get a little bit boring. I think you can appreciate that. We um, do have another raised hand. All right, we have another raised hand. That'll stop it being Liz. boring for you, Herbie. <laughs> nope, you're fine. Liz. Hey, uh, comment about salt. Yeah, potatoes are a really good place for this example. Potatoes are so planned as a thing that you can add things like um, a quarter cup of chopped parsley or a half cup of chopped parsley, depending on how into chopped parsley you are. Um, if you buy the flat leaf stuff, it's got more flavor than the curly, but you could also add um, a half cup or a quarter cup of chopped chives. You could add pepper. And the more you get used to using these extra ingredients, the less need you're going to have for salt and the more you're going to be able to wean yourself slowly away from adding a lot of salt to a little salt to no salt. And it helps all kinds of health issues. So lower salt is kind of better than because you're going to get a lot of salt that gets added um, by just using things. Milk has salt in it. Cheese has salt in it. All kinds of stuff. Butter has usually got salt in it. So you're adding yeah, I, salt anyways. I was going to be talking a little bit about that when I tell you what I've been putting in my Herbie potatoes in a bit. All yeah. right. So, yeah, I just really. One thing I will mention with the butter is like I use the unsalted butter when I mash the potatoes, but um, definitely good points. Okay. So um, thank you for that, Liz. And why don't we hear about um, the Herbie potatoes? Okay, so I have salt and pepper in mind because I do like the salty flavor. And I've also added some of the onion powder that I was using um, with my tofu because I could. And also some dried chives because um, that's what I felt like putting with the onion today. But I've also done it with fresh chives. I've done it with... Um, 
dried and fresh herbs of various types, rosemary, parsley, thyme, etc. Um, well, you know what they say, parsley, sage, and, rosemary, and thyme. Yeah, basically. I, I just had to mention those ones. I know those are your, your favorite ones to make reference to. Um, anyway, so which ones you use are going to depend on your personal flavor preferences. But um, I've done them with all kinds of ones. And like I said, today I'm using salt, pepper and garlic powder, uh, onion powder, because I can't use the garlic and dried chives because, again, can't use the garlic. All right. So we've got some big fat garlic bulbs here today. I'm really impressed, actually, um, since we're not so fortunate. And, um, and, and peeling them, though, is tough work, let me tell you. But um, it's going to yeah, be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Okay, now we got some tinier bulbs here. All right, now, next thing. So a couple of the things I forgot to mention. One, I am a big user of filtered water, even when cooking. Um, you know, it just gets a lot of the extra stuff that's in your water supply out of it. So I tend to do that, and it tastes a little bit better, too. Um, now we're going to be doing the steamed broccoli as well, and that's going to be really easy. You can, of course, use either fresh or frozen. We're just going to cheat and use frozen for that one. Some of us are. Some of us are, yes. But, um... You know, um, yeah, I'm going to just use, because we can just dump it in there, but you can use fresh broccoli as well if you want. I just like to keep the fresh, me personally, I like to keep the fresh stuff more for salads or for air frying. Yep, you can air fry broccoli. It does taste pretty good. So that's why I tend not to use the frozen stuff for steaming purposes, but that's just me. Um, okay, so we're going to... Fresh. That's why you tend to use the fresh stuff for steaming processes. So you use the what? You use the frozen stuff for salad? No, no, no. You said that's why I tend to oh, not. Use I the don't. Frozen. I don't use the I don't use the fresh for steaming because I like to use it for salads or for air frying yeah. or whatever. So that's um, my personal preference. Um, you can of course use any frozen vegetable, really broccoli, corn, cauliflower. Uh, we're, uh, we picked broccoli today, but... I just prefer to use fresh in general, regardless of what I'm doing with it. Um, for one thing, it, then I've got it available to do whatever I want with it. For another thing, um, my tortoise shares some of my vegetables, and the tortoise is better off having the fresh. So... All right. All right, so now my timer has gone off. So let's deal with our steak first. And um, I'm guessing the tortoise gets the hair up. It's, uh, you know, what if it doesn't um, get its fresh... Okay, you know, you know, Oh, you, you, you should see that the tortoise has quite a tantrum. And will um, bash the um, tank front with its head and try, uh, do it so much that it ends up flipping itself onto its back. If it doesn't right, get well, it can flip the steaks and save the work for me. I'll just put the steak, cook the steaks in the tortoise shell, and uh, okay, that would work. You have a raised hand. All right, I'll get to you then in just a second. Um, real quick, guys, I'm using my spatula to make flip the steaks over, making sure they're even and um, not touching each other, so they'll cook better. Set timer for 25 minutes. And then let me put the garlic and the potatoes, and we will get to the raised hand afterwards, or hands, however many we have. Um, so I've got all the garlic cloves in one bowl, and I'm just going to lift the lid and take it off the pan real quick. And now I'm standing over the pot, and I'm going to pour. And let's see, if I turn off this fan, let's see if you can hear the potatoes bubbling. That is our water boiling from the potatoes, and um, I'm actually happy. So far, we have not had a smoke alarm incident today, so that makes me very happy. All right, Belinda, who have we got? We have Jonathan. Jonathan, my friend. Hello. 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 Are you cooking this 
thick in that air fryer. So I'm oh. using the grill part, not the air fryer part. The air fryer takes a lot longer, at least with mine. Um, I'm cooking it for about, I'm going to cook it for like 40 or so minutes, uh, maybe more like 40 to 50, depending on how much done I want it to be. I'll see. Okay. Is that on both sides or one side? Um, uh, both. So I'm doing about 20 minutes each per side, more like 22 okay. to 25 minutes. Side. But how long do you cook the steak is, of course, going to prefer, it's going to matter too on how done you want it as well. So yes. um, that's something else to keep that in mind too. Um, okay. I don't want it too burnt, but I don't want it underdone either. So I see. All right. And Jonathan made a very good request for a future show. So just to real quick, um, oh, do you have anything else? Nope. Okay, nope, so Jonathan has requested to do a stir fry, so we've got that coming up. I also got a very tasty sounding recipe for uh, chocolate chip cookies from Betty Crocker. We are going to try, and what was really cool about this recipe, it is also it also had a vegan and gluten-free alternative as well. So um, Tori will give us her comments on the vegan one. I'm now filling my broccoli pot up with water. So that's what I'm doing here. And um, I'm going to get that cooking the last. Just Well, I guess we can get it started now. Um, and so we got that. We are also going to, and Jonathan asked about us doing a stir fry. So we've got that. And then we are also going to do a sesame chicken and a tofu scramble. So that is what we've got coming up on some of our future calls. Next week will be the tofu scramble. This will be interesting because I've had a little bit of experience making that in the past, but um, we're going to do that along with hash browns for next week. So, yep, we're hitting the carbs a little bit, but uh, we're going to eating and meatless. And then we have a couple of raised hands. full of protein. Yep, okay, so we've got a couple of raised hands. So guys, what I'm doing right now is I'm going to set my small burner to boiling. I've got the big uh, pot on the other burner, and it's boiling with the potatoes, and we're going to check on that in a minute. All right, who do we have? All right, first up, Lucy. Lucy. Okay, I was just going to say for the steamed broccoli, I have a vegetable steamer, and this is like gosh it's made of metal and it's got holes all the way through it little tiny holes and it uh, it's like folded up and you can unfold it to the size of your pan and it has little legs on it so you set it in just a tad of water in the bottom of the pot and you put your broccoli inside this little basket that you folded into your pan and so your broccoli doesn't actually sit in the water the steam comes up from the water and cooks it and it's oh, nice. really really good <laughs> well nice. you should you should i should have you bring your vegetable steamer when you come over because i'll make the steak you make the veggies and oh. <laughs> all right <laughs> all right and by the way, folks, just to quickly mention, because I forgot, uh, Lucy is going to have games to play with Lady A today at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central. Hope you will join her for that as you'll learn about all kinds of cool things and um, that you can do with your Alexa device as it regards to games. So be sure to join her for that. And... Um, Next week will be another round of Abacus Made Simple. No, I, I still need to start my uh, call Calculator Made Simple, but uh, she's showing you the hard way. So uh, you go from the tech to the non-tech with uh, Lucy's calls. Isn't that interesting? So hope you will join her for that. Okay, who do we have next? And can you give me a time Sandra. check as well, please? Sandra and Sandra. have about uh, 17 minutes. Hiya. Can you hear me? Yep, you're coming in loud and clear. Um, you may or may not have covered this, but how do you know that A, the water's boiled and or that your food you're boiling is boiled? Excellent question for both. Um, first one, with the water boiled, you can hear it because it's going to make a bubbling sound, and that tells you that your water is boiling. You should also hear like a hissing sound as well. Um, 
with the food being boiled, I used to, I like to use like a spoon to tell me because I can feel the texture through the spoon. And that's what we're about to do with the potatoes actually is um, feel them. Okay, yeah, they're feeling soft. You can also, once you've had experience with boiling, you can kind of make a time gauge too. Like broccoli takes about, you know, five minutes. Um, okay, yeah, these potatoes are looking good. I'm just kind of stirring it and around then, a little bit. And then more, more, more generally, like with, with meat, boiling meat, I know we're not doing that today, but like how would you know that, let's say you were trying to boil chicken or boil something else? That's a good question. And chicken, of course, I would be a lot more cautious. I give it about, I think, like 20 minutes that I think is a safe temperature for boiling meat. Um, and boneless chicken obviously would take less time, I think, than like uh, chicken with the bone in. Um, I will go look because it's actually only one time I've ever really boiled meat, and that was for an almost KFC fried chicken recipe, which, um, oh, look, I'm chopping out Whole Foods with Amazon. I should see if I can get the spices for that. What an interesting fried chicken recipe that actually calls for the chicken to be boiled first before we put it in the fryer. Um, so about 10 to 20 minutes, I think. And then of course, you know, you could, I would take it out with a fork and use that to test for doneness. Um, Michael just recently got a very cool meat thermometer. I don't know if it'll work for boiled food, but you could use like a meat thermometer if you wanted to try to tell you that way. Um, so there you go. Tori, did you have anything else you want to add? No. <clears throat> All right. So hopefully that helps you there, Sandra. And you can always cut, like with the meat too, you can always use like a knife to cut into it and see how it feels. Like, does it feel raw or does it feel cooked? You know, kind of like just telling the consistency. Um, <clears throat> and also, if you're following any particular recipes, follow that. And finally, one other thing to consider if you're boiling meat or boiling anything is what you're boiling frozen or thawed or um, whatever, like in the case of the potatoes, you know, they're not, they're, they're non-perishable, but, um, that can add into the time factor as well of what you're boiling, you know, so like if you're boiling, I'd have the meat thawed if you're going to boil it, but if you're going to boil it from a frozen state, I would definitely give it even more time. And if in doubt, cook it a bit longer. Yep. Especially with chicken. Yeah, especially with chicken, definitely. All right. Do we have anybody else? Not at the moment. Okay, so I'm going to turn off this fan. And I want to just see, so Sandra and everybody else, let's see if you can hear the broccoli. Okay, the potatoes are making more of a boiling sound than the broccoli is, actually. But, uh, I can tell that something's wrong because the, you know, broccoli is not boiling the way it should be. Another thing you can tell, make sure you tell with the stove is if your pot has a good handle, you'll be able to feel the vibration of the boiling through the handle. So that's another tip. Now let's talk about draining the potatoes. Uh, Liz mentions just draining them into a metal bowl or whatever. I am going to go ahead though and just use the sink that has uh, worked well and I can run cold water if things get a little bit too steamy, but I'm letting the water cool off a little bit. And so let's talk about draining the potatoes. This is perhaps the most trickiest part of the whole operation. I think so anyway, because you want to make sure you use the right pot. I have these big humongous pots that are really good because they have a lot of room and you can cook a lot in them. But the disadvantage is they have these tiny handles. And while they don't stick out, it makes it a lot harder to lift from the stove. But my medium-sized pot, which I've got right here, that has a nice, lovely handle that sticks out. You do have to be careful not to knock it if you're dealing with a two-pot system on your stove. And I can use it to lift up. Now, we're lucky today. Sometimes my lid is also boiling hot, and I have to use an oven glove to 
take it off. But this lid for this pot is has a nice cool handle, so we're gonna take that off. And now just with six potatoes, even though they're chunked and whatnot, they are definitely um heavy. So we have to be extremely careful here. So you can either wait for these to cool down quite a bit, or which I'm going to do because I just realized I forgot to take out my stick butter for the mashing, but that's okay. We will make that work. So um, there, now my broccoli is boiling, and I don't know if you can hear the hissing coming from the stove. But no. if you can't, no. Let me get a bit closer. Okay, let's try this. There you go, that's better. There you go. There. So this is the sound you want to hear to know that your water is boiling. Now, one disadvantage you'll have with a gas stove is you're going to have to hear that boiling over the hissing sound that the gas jets make. Yep, we're talking about gas jets, not sugar jets this time. Um, do you want to know what I'm talking about with sugar jets? Come to my accessible online games call every other Wednesday and you will find out all about them. Um, but uh, um, that's the sound you want to be listening for to tell you that your stuff is boiling. All right, so I'm going to take my mashed potatoes. I'm bringing the pot over to the sink. Well, you got to use your muscles here. And if you're not comfortable holding the pot one-handed, then use oven gloves, and you can use your other hand to balance the pot. And now I'm just going to tilt the pot into the strainer. Out comes the water into the sink. Out, out, out. All right. And we want all that water out of there. And now we've got a heavy sieve or strainer, whatever you want to call it. So now I'm going to set my pot back on the stove. It's relatively dry. Well, I could, I could go ahead and use my towel to dry it off the inside a little bit more because, um, actually, there's a little bit of potato that did come under the side there. But I care about the bottom. Um, we're going to set our pot back on the stove because we're going to use it again, but not for cooking, for a totally different purpose. So I'm going to take my sieve. This one is a nice, straightforward plastic one that has two solid handles and doesn't fold in or anything like that. And I can shake, 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 shake the strainer, shake the string. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Um, and what we're doing here, though, is just getting all the excess water out. And I can feel that these potatoes are very soft. Um, you can't eat them, but uh, they are very soft. So there, I think all the water is out of them. I'm going to return them to my pot now, and I'm going to pour in. Oops, one fell on the floor. That wasn't good. All right, I'll deal with that. And now I'm going to turn off my broccoli because I have a horrible feeling it's going to become mush. And mush broccoli is not that good. So we're going to come back to the potatoes. I'm going to wash out my strainer real quick because I need the exact same one for the broccoli. I only have the one. Um, do we have any other questions? At the moment, we do not. All right. So, um... There you go, folks. We just made, you know, we're waiting for the steaks to finish, but we've been uh, cooking all in one, th three things within the space of an hour. So when the steaks are done, I'm going to let them cool so I can uh, cut them and um, serve them along with the other stuff. You'll have to come on the Neighborhood Coffee Clatch, which is next hour, by the way, to uh, find out how they turned out. Um, okay. Which reminds me, speaking of the seven uh, minutes. fact you're right, waiting yep. for, speaking of the fact you're waiting for your steaks to finish, um, if you're doing like I am and doing tofu steaks, they would be done by now. Uh, mine are, um, because they only need the roughly 25 minutes that 
um, I gave them, and then they are nicely done because yep. toast doesn't Nope, it does not. All right, so now I'm going to get out a potato masher, and I'm also going to get out a butter knife. Um, what we got for you, by the way, um, hopefully you'll join the Belinda and myself this Thursday as we'll be working as co-facilitators for our Blind Since Birth call. And uh, what will we, that's going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 Central. What will we be discussing? Well, tune in to find out. And also, we had a very successful sports call this last Sunday, and so uh, I think we're going to be having another one later this month. Uh, we, we tried to uh, initiate the baseball draft and uh, bring in a third person from the uh, minor leagues, but then we don't seem to be interested, even though they were telling us what to do. Um, but we're going to keep trying, so. or maybe we won't, I don't know. Anyway, we're going to... Now, okay, yep, my Lady A is going off on 96 and Mix. You'll be getting down country memory lane in just a few minutes. So I'm going to cut off a square of butter here, and I'm going to place it in my pan. And I'm going to, a uh, pot rather, and I'm going to continue to do this with the butter. This works a lot um, nicer than doing the entire stick. You can, I like to use the whole stick of butter because I think it really adds flavor to the potatoes, but if you prefer them not as flavorful or you want them more dry, you can use little to no butter. Some people I know use milk for their mashed potatoes, and um, that is definitely another um, way of doing them if you so desire. But uh, I'm just going to use uh, the butter. And now I'm going to take my potato masher. And what the potato masher looks like, it's it, it's rectangular. It has a curved handle on one side and it has a flat part with holes on the other. And I'm going to put, put it over my pot and just mash down. And then we'll Oh boy, and you want these potatoes done because they're going to mash that much easier. And the bigger, the larger the amount of potatoes, the harder it is at first for them to get mashed. There's a lot of muscle work here, guys. Oh boy. I see why people buy instant mashed potatoes, but uh, you don't have to do this part, that's for sure. Um, you just have to deal with whatever they put in their potatoes instead, so. All right, Tori, any more tips you want to give us? Um, on this particular call, because of the fact I was cooking something different during the call, I don't really have all that much to add. So, um, if anyone else has any tips they'd like to include, that would probably yep, be now's a good time. So, Liz, if you want to talk about your mashed potato tips uh, or we have whatever. Jonathan with a raised hand. Jonathan, yes. Maybe what kind of mashed uh, tool are you using? There. So it's just a potato masher. Um, Where can you get it? You can get it from any uh, kitchen appliance store or from Walmart. Okay. I will find. I will try to find. I'll look to see you know um, what they have on Amazon, and it's just basically a potato masher. Okay. Another okay, thing you need to know about this thing is the potatoes will stick to the um, inside of this thing, so you will have to use your hands to get them out. And we're mashing them butter right into the potatoes, and there you go. And I think that uh, covers that. Another time I'll talk about baked potatoes. We're going to be talking about hash brown potatoes next week. Um, do we have any other raised hands? Blonda? Uh, Monique, just raise your hand. Monique, yes. Let's see. You're muted, Monique.
Make sure you've had that comment button. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, I was saying that I'm glad you told us how you can make the mashed potatoes because I was always told you had to, you know, I was always told you had to use milk. <laughs> so. No, you do not. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't use milk myself, um, even though I was always told that because of the fact that until um, they became more readily available, milk wasn't really an option for me at all until I could have the vegan milks. So I, you can just mash them literally just by mashing them without adding anything to them if you want. It's just adding things like butter and milk, sometimes both, sometimes one or the other, um, will make them just that bit fluffier or creamier. Mm-hmm. All right. It's the top of the hour. 